Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Tune Machine, I am Andy Dawson. pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Uh, it's our third crack at the chart of the 30th of December 1979. Um, this, of course, is the week after the Christmas chart. Um a little bit of movement, but the number one single was Another Brick in the Wall by Pink Floyd. Uh, which was the Christmas number one. Mm. You th- you kind of associate Christmas number ones with Christmassy type records, don't you? And that really wasn't... Especially in the 70s, which yeah. feels like the golden era for Christmas songs. Yeah, that wasn't a Christmassy song at all, especially with the video of it, which, of course, was from the Wall film, which had... It was Gerald Scarf, I think, that did the animation mm. for it, and it, it had school children being fed into a massive fucking mincing machine. Yeah, I mean, coming it's out not it. very Christmassy sort of an image, not, is, is it? it? It's not at all. Come on, Pink um, Floyd. Cheer up, will you? This is the last thing we need to be looking at over our Christmas turkey. While we're popping our fucking quality streaks in our gobs. (laughs) A load of children being minced. This is the miserable bunch of cunts. This is the only Pink Floyd product that I own. Uh, The single of another brick in the wall. I got it for Christmas off my gran for uh, part of my Christmas present. Because I really like Another Brick in the Wall by Pink Floyd. Yeah, it's Floyd. a good song. Um, it's got that nice kind of... Um, it's got that Nile guitar. Ro- Nile Rodgers type chic kind exactly. of choppy guitar thing going exactly. on. Exactly. The guitar sounds like disco. Yeah. And ordinarily, they're the sort of band who you would think are not very disco at all. They're bloody no. miserable bunch of hippies sat around getting <laughs> stoned in their parents' <laughs> fucking... Spe- in their folks, as they no doubt would call them, spare room. <laughs> Probably uh, in Oxfordshire but, or somewhere like yeah, that. Yeah, but uh, no. But hang on, they did do um, Comfortably Numb, and then that was covered by Scissor Sisters in a yeah. sort of a disco style. Hmm. And and I remember interviewing Scissor Sisters and the wonderful late lady singer in Scissor Sisters, Animatronic. Animatronic, yeah. Saying that. And I was like, I didn't even fucking know it was by Pink Floyd, mate. It's a good right. beat, though. I like it. She's like, sorry, and you're a music journalist from the New Musical <laughs> Express? Yeah, that's right. I don't know anything about yeah. fucking Pink yeah. Floyd, though, the, do I? The, the clue is in the word you, love. I only cover <laughs> new music. I'm not bothered yeah. about the old stuff. But she said to me that... Hmm, 
um, the the Pink Floyd fans were mm. so enraged and infuriated <laughs> by Excellent. their cover version, Excellent. which I thought was wonderful. <laughs> That she said, you wouldn't believe the abuse we have had from Pink Floyd yeah. fans over that song. She went, I've had letters saying, I have, because it's about heroin. It's about heroin, man. Mm. Right. And she said, I've had letters saying, I hope you die of a heroin overdose from Pink Floyd fans. And I mean, when was this? This was nearly 20 years ago now, wasn't it? Which is like, yeah, about 2003, 2004, yeah. maybe. Yeah. That was that was in the days before social media even really existed. So what were they doing? Sending emails? Sending them letters? letters? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here is a letter. Poison pen letters. Anim- animatronic. Back in singer with <coughs> the Scissor <laughs> Sisters. Carol, Anna, Scissor I Sisters. I have heard your cover version of Pink Floyd's Seminole Comfortably Numb, and I find it not to my liking. Therefore... I wish upon you to die of a heroin overdose. <laughs> All the best. Your Tarquin Headley Smedley Smythe, Oxford. <laughs> Age 54 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think, I mean, Pink Floyd are one of those groups that I just can't get away with. And I think it might be because, because of the fucking uh, obsessive nature of their fans who are almost invariably men. It's like yeah, it's sort all, of all that kind of breed of ext- cows of the extremely 70s. boring man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's um, like you, you you'll never meet an interesting Pink Floyd fan, will you? It's unlikely. It's really unlikely. Having said that, I really like watching documentaries about them, about Pink Floyd. Loads of these groups I don't like the music of. I'll, I'll comfortably watch documentaries about them because mm. I just like to study them and wonder what makes them tick. And yeah, I, I saw a documentary about them once, actually, yeah. And and I, I like the kind of body language between all the members and the way they remember what happened and how it happened and the way, like, massive success affected them and changed them and all that. I like to yeah. see the whole story. But uh, that's me. I like music documentaries about pretty yeah, much good. anything, me, though. I'm they easily pleased. But you, you, now, now that debt backs come out, the bar's been set the, rather the, higher I mean, the, for all of them. Even, in the realm of music documentaries, Get Back is in the. It's one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah, it's a, it's a historical artifact. And as we know, the original cut by Peter Jackson was eighteen hours long, and I'm dying Hopefully to see if that makes that a, soon. Makes and an that'll appearance. sort out that horrible period between Christmas and New Year. Well, apparently it's going to come out on DVD, struck Blu-ray for Thanksgiving next year. I saw oh, in an interview good. with Peter Jackson. Quite an American-centric interview if he's saying it's going to be for Thanksgiving. Yeah, fuck's um, sake. So that's not going to be out for nearly another year, but hopefully there'll be loads more stuff on that. We've covered McCartney a lot mm. in these episodes already, so there's no point going back to no. wonderful Christmas time at number six, other than it's nearly Christmas and I might put it on later on. We already talked Christmas about song. the video and what a we wonderful did. pub it looked like. In that pub. And um, and are you seeing Peter Serovanovitz doing his Paul McCartney thing on the show he had? Um, yeah, and he does a very funny parody of "Wonderful Christmas Time" and that video. So if you haven't seen it, look it up. Mm-hmm. So um, Pink Floyd number two were Abba with "I Have a Dream," and that must have been released with the eye on the Christmas number one because that mm. feels very. Christmas number one. I mean, Benny and Bjorn must have been astonished that they were beaten to number one by fucking Pink Floyd. Oh, they'll have been livid. They'll have I been. I mean, livid. they'll have been like, "Come on, what's? Uh, don't worry. Hey, Agatha, I need it. Don't worry, we're going to be number one. It's in the back. <laughs> I mean, who are our rivals? 
fucking Pink Floyd? Please, a bunch of miserable fucking plush hippies from England or us, the most fun time band in the whole world. Oh, my God. Pink Floyd are at number one. What the fuck happened? (laughs) Yeah, I have a dream. It's not one of my favourites. It's a little bit too schmaltzy. Um, Also, I can't see it without, uh, you know, when I go to sing it in my head, I keep accidentally singing Ozzy Ardiles. You know, I had a dream, which I think Ozzy's was there. Dream. Ozzy's o- dream, yeah, from either 81 or 82. Ozzy's gone to Wembley, his knees have gone all trembly, which, of course, was a collaboration with the mighty Chaz and the other one, No, the other one, this is what I'm actually thinking of, is fucking, what's his name? John Gordon Sinclair That's it, singing. That's Scotland. I had a dream. He had a dream. come true. <laughs> then born is Scotland. I'll play for you. Which is... The best World Cup song by any team ever. It is brilliant, yeah. Written fine. You can keep your fucking world in motion, right? Mm-hmm. And you can keep your fucking free lions. That <laughs> I have song, a dream is the one. I had a yeah. dream, cannot be beaten. Yeah. He was handing um, the ball to me. <laughs> and do you know who wrote it and produced it? Who? B.A. Robertson. Remember him? No. You remember B.A. Robertson, Cool in the Kaftan? And uh, Bang Bang. He was like a lanky Scot with um, kind of rubberish features, and he had a few hits at the end of the 70s, start of the 80s. No, You'll recognise him if you see him, B.A. Yeah. Robertson. You would. You absolutely would. So, then born um, in Scotland, I'll score the winning goal for you. And oh. the top of a pop's appearance, so that's really good. That'll be on YouTube because John Gordon's yeah. is acting it out and the Scotland lads are all swaying behind gently as they sing along. Okay. John Wall, you know Alan what? Brazil. We've got to watch that back to see what Graham Souness is at behaving oh, like. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's there. He might have just, he might have just straight out refused to attend. Yeah. But if he's there, it, it warrants a deep dive in which we laser in just on Sunes's performance. That's a very good point. Yeah, we could do that. So that's number, uh, what's that, Abba, number two. Aye, this is good. I have a dream. They'll all be watching this. They'll fuck it. This'll lull the other teams into a false sense of security. Think uh, we're a song and dance at, do you? Wait till you get on a fucking pitch with old Suey boy. <laughs> <laughs> that ABBA thing is. Have you seen? Uh, you probably don't follow ABBA on TikTok. No, <laughs> do you? I don't. Because <laughs> they started putting out some really good TikTok bits of Benny and Bjorn having bits of fun and that. And then there was one came out this week with um, it's Bjorn and Surrey and McKellen, and they're doing oh. some knitting, and they're having a chat about how long they've both been knitting. For oh. and Bjorn's like saying, "Oh, I think I've been doing it now for oh almost forty years." And <laughs> he's knitting a scarf, and Ian McKellen's knitting something, and it's just this like thirty second bit of daftness, but it's really good. They're not Fucking like you know, um, knitting feels like the sort of thing we should get into. Mate, well, I think it's probably inevitable. Garden centres, mm. gardening—that's coming down the line, isn't it? So it'd be knitting. really relaxing to knit, wouldn't it? Stop our and fingers from getting arthritic in our yes. old age. Yeah. Good exercise for the mind fingers. and the fingers. You, you, you got to, you know, if you want your fingering fingers to still be functional <laughs> as you reach old age, you you yeah. got to be knitting to keep them going. Just in case a fingering opportunity presents itself. Uh, don't worry, madam. I've been knitting away for 40 years, so I, my <laughs> fingers are still fully functional. My fingers are as supple as they've ever been. 
<laughs> Sapler, if anything. <laughs> As they say, the first 10 yards are in your head at our age. <laughs> I have a daily regimen of fish oil tablets and knitting <laughs> that I have followed stringently for just such a moment as this. <laughs> I've just spotted the other single that I got from my gran in the 1979 Christmas, uh, and it's by Skids at number 23, working for the Yankee Dollar. Mm. I don't know if you remember that one at all. No, but that's I don't. A great song. Um, Skids, of course, fronted by Richard Jobson, who went on to become media personality, actor. Recent guest on my brother Theo's Life Goals. All oh, right. Okay, yeah, there I haven't you listened go. to it, yeah. but apparently it was a good one. Yeah, and uh, Stuart Adamson of Big Country was in was a guitarist in Skids as well. The late Stuart Adamson, who uh, I think they fell out, and um, Stuart went off and formed Big Country instead. Who I will say here and now are a vastly underrated group. Big Country, they had a great run of singles when they came out. In a Big Country, Fields of yeah. Fire, yeah, fucking lovely stuff. So you would never be tempted to call them Big Country then? But I'd never call them Big Country. No. Mm. It's be- tempting, even if you like them. It's still tempting. Let's be they're honest. They're better than they're better than Pink Floyd. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, anything else in this chart that jumps out? Yeah, Madness are there. One step beyond number twenty-two. Very this early in their of, career. This is only this what was, their second single or their something. Second maybe. single and their first. The Prince like, kind was of, their first one, wasn't it? Yeah. But this was the sort of breakthrough hit, wasn't it? Because this went top ten, and everyone started doing the Nutty Boy dance to this. Yeah, like they're doing so, on the cover there. Yeah, that's the, the nutty boy dance. We're on the cusp of the nineteen eighties. The thing about the way that madness dance is that, you know, our feelings about madness are well documented. But Pure I do think, love. Yeah, I do think that they're um because it was at the time popular as sort of blokey music. Mm. That the way in which they do their dancing is there's something a little bit aggressive and unsexual about it and i think that that dancing should all be about sort of love right yeah <laughs> an expression of love and so as much as i like madness in almost every way that whole sort of let's dance in this sort of slightly aggressive yeah. kind of weird like loveless way yeah i just think it's too blokish it is too blokish i completely agree and i mean why I can't think they that- just disco dance their audiences were really blockish at the time as well, weren't they? Because they I used know, to get yeah, that's, the that's the whole crowd problem. In. It's a little bit. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's a little bit toxic. Not to any fault of their own, really, because they were always, they were always, you know, very vocal in their. Um, they were vocal in their. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dismissal. Um, opposition to yeah. their sort of more, the skinhead sort of you know, uh, racist elements that sometimes mm-hmm. turned up at their gigs. So it wasn't their fault, but it did sort of attract that audience because it was sort of like, I don't know, some music is safe for unreconstructed blokes, geezer blokes to to like. Mm-hmm. It's unthreatening to them, to their, their warped sense of masculinity. And yeah. I think Madness are wonderful and their lyrics are actually so sweet and poignant and full of love that you can't, cast any aspersions against them as a band but something about their image attracted those elements and the dancing didn't help I'd have liked to have seen Chaz smash 
dance a little bit more like even Sonia, who was always full of so much fun. I mean, I know she came quite a few years a later, lot. but she was the first person that popped into my head. A lot bouncier, almost. She was very bouncy, yeah. wasn't she? Well, I mean, I'll say this. This podcast uh, can be seen as being a bit blokish, and we've got mm. a predominantly male audience. Mm. And... Um, it could be said that we're possibly the madness of the podcast world. <laughs> yeah. I've got myself yeah, for me there to a, There's a sensitivity underpinning it. There, There is, which doesn't always get uh, recognised or acknowledged by some of the listeners. Yeah, some people are thick, aren't they? Yeah, this is true. Jalapeño. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Are we saying that some of our listeners are thick? Is that what we're saying? No, probably people who think of it, oh, yeah, those guys, they've got regional accents and they swear a lot, so it must be really blokey and uh, have no uh, sensitivity to it. Because we're people are stupid cunts, aren't they? We're all about the sensitivity, aren't we? Yeah. So, um, getting back to don't madness. Don't fear love. We were, the first fear love. we were the first podcast in the world to start quoting the Archbishop of Canterbury. Yeah. Well, I let's think, see well, any we, of these other... Fo- let's see... What's that other football uh, 90s one? Um, quickly Kevin. Yeah. Right? Don't see yeah. them talking about the Arch... I, I doubt they've had the Archbishop of Canterbury's philosophies started, on there about love. I think they've started incorporating it quite a lot more recently, but I think oh, that's yeah. in our shadow that they've done two that. Years late, mate, it was two years ago that I met the Archbishop. Quite, quite cynical. Um, we should reiterate, though, don't fear love has a comma after fear. It's don't fear... Love. It's not love. don't fear love, but that applies mm. as well. Don't be afraid also of love. you shouldn't fear love. No. Yeah. Exactly. Take it anywhere you want. Um, getting back to madness, though, looking down the chart outside uh, of the chart, number 54, because one, one step beyond was madness's breakthrough, as we said, and mm. then they were on the cusp of the 1980s, which the early years of the 80s, they dominated pretty much. Yeah. Um, number 54 My Girl entered the chart and I think oh. we've discussed My Girl before haven't we yeah what if you look at the lyrics in that written when they were still teenagers yeah it's like and, a fucking poem yeah and My Girl was the first song on the first episode of Top of the Pops in the 1980s which was kind of like the week after this chart yeah. it ushered so in the 80s ushered in the 80s it did so uh, Madness already on the third single they've done the over masculine dance of one step beyond 
and, and now they're like the... time to see our softer side yeah I'm already. having troubles with my Doris and yeah, I've written sing- this little song about it <laughs> single number three and uh, it was we a, are. the demo was called troubles with my Doris <laughs> <laughs> troubles with my Doris Mike Doris is a twat was the original first line and uh, Mike Barson was talked out of that <laughs> getting down the chart or just, just next to Madness one place higher number 21 is Chic my feet keep dancing I just want to mention this one I mean I love Chic mm. but I just want to mention this one's one of my favourite Chic songs because it's got a kind of a chugging sort of swing to it, it kind of chugs along swing. it's got a chug yeah. if you listen yeah. to it it, it, it I don't know, that's the best way I can describe it really, but it's it's really stands out among Sheik's songs and it's one of my favourites. Um, and on top of that, it's got an incredibly long tap dancing solo in it, which I'm highly in favour of. Oh, yeah. See, this is what madness... <laughs> madness couldn't have been improved in many ways, but if there was something that we could have said, it's like, have more tap dancing like bits in it. <laughs> more tap dancing from madness, yeah. Yeah, if the lads had been had gone to tap dancing classes a, a bit, that would have been helpful, I think. But uh, more two tone at seventeen. Tears of a clown, uh, <clears> double A <throat> side of ranking. Full stop by the beat. That's one of those songs that, even though the Smokey Robinson original is obviously a fucking classic, mm-hmm. I actually prefer the Beats version, even yeah. though it's radically different. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, and that's on two tone as well, isn't it? Mm. Which was beginning to dominate things at that time. I, I, I forgot to say that. Are you going to see Madness? Are you going to the Madness gig? Yeah, if all being well with the way that yeah. the COVID things are heading at the moment, I will be going to see them at the O2 on the 18th or 19th. Something like that. I've got West Ham, Norwich, same day. It could be a cracking day out. All, all the fucking COVID stuff notwithstanding. If it all goes according to plan, that'll be me and Len at uh, the London Stadium watching West Ham, Norwich. Then direct from there to our hotel oh yes of and, course and hey. then into the O2 for ma- for Squeeze and Madness Squeeze what a day. Said, don't forget to get in early because Squeeze are on no, I'll definitely be getting in early for Squeeze beautiful I've got them next Thursday at Newcastle Arena cannot wait me and the Love kids it. I've never seen Madness oh it's a blast you've seen them haven't you it's I've a told, blast I've yeah. told Len we will be buying fezzes as you suggested so we're yeah. looking forward to that a great deal Never I'll have to dig my out and put them on. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Can't wait. Um, States Quo number eighteen, living on an island, which is a bit of a ballad. Which really, was a bit I of don't, a don't remember of, that one at all. Change of um, change of style for them. It's they got about number two, I think that one. But it's just basically about living on an island and mm. being off your nut. Yeah, well, uh, that's the what, chorus. That, that's the way the quo felt. Thought, the that's chorus, the way they approached their life. The chorus sings, um, living on an island, uh, looking at another line, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for my friend to come, and we'll get high. So there's, there's not a lot hell. of subtlety there, is there, really? No one suspected them of it, though, I don't think, in those <laughs> days, did they? <laughs> like no one suspected Freddie Mercury of being gay. Even yeah, though or George Michael. <laughs> yeah. If you ever watch the video for like Faith and think at this stage, <laughs> everyone thought that George Michael was not only heterosexual, that he was almost like the epitome of masculinity. The sexiest man, yeah, the sexiest heterosexual around. And Number sexy 14, videos. right, what a track. I recently played this on our Turbo, mm. IFS Turbo exclusive 
um, uh, Living Out Loud show. No More Tears Enough Is Enough by Donna Summer and Barbara Streisand. I'll say yes. that again. Donna Summer and Barbara Streisand. Mm-hmm. What a fucking banger that track it, is. It, it's almost too much. It's almost too much. It's almost dangerous. The record executive yeah. who suggested bringing these two artists together, they said his advisors would have said, no, don't. This is mm-hmm. this could be combustible. Yeah, yeah. To put uh, th- it, this match woman into one studio. Yeah, it's it's almost like the, the Icarus of music, isn't it? Yeah. Flying too close to the sun. But on this occasion, no one melts and no yeah. one dies. It is the just, balls, the absolute balls yeah. on the executive you know, yeah, who, yeah, we're who made doing this it. happen. It's Donna and Barbara, and we're doing it, and it's going to happen, and you've got to just deal with it, you cunts. Only two things have ever come close. One, of course, is Gaga and Beyonce doing <laughs> telephone, <laughs> yeah. and the other one, of course, is Elaine Page and Barbara Dickinson doing <laughs> I Knew Him So Well. <laughs> but neither of them have quite touched these heady heights. I used to, um, in 1985, I decided I was going to buy all of the number one singles to, to make a collection. Yeah. And I started off, Band-Aid was the first one, and then Foreigner, I Want to Know What Love Is, was the right. second one, which I didn't like, but I bought it for the sake of the collection. Yeah. And then Barbara Streisand, and sorry, Barbara Dixon and um, Elaine Page, I knew them so well, was the third one. And that Did was you the like collection. That song? I really I liked hit, it when it I came hated out. it at the end. I love it now. Yeah, of course, when it, it was came written, out, but I it, it feel like it was at number by, one for ages. Yeah, it was written by Benny and Bjorn from APA. Was it? Oh, yeah, you yeah. can see that makes a lot of sense. It yeah, sounds like an ABBA it song. It's, it's yeah. an ABBA song. It's an ABBA song, but in 1985. Um, uh, no, yeah, so. And also, if you look at the way they're done up, there's like, like, you know, like how, you know, eras that you lived through are parodied. Mm-hmm. And you go. That's what not what not, that wasn't what it actually was like. That wasn't what people actually dressed like. I remember my yeah. dad always saying that about anything based on the sixties. That's not what people actually wore in the sixties. That's just a daft parody. Of what people imagined it was like. Yeah. I mean, there was even an ad for Links recently where it was awful, and some teenager went. It got caught in some sort of time vortex and went back to like the Britpop here to not to the mid nineties. <laughs> And I, as an old man obsessed with the mid-90s, got infuriated by the number of in- cultural inaccuracies Factual in this commercial. Because yeah. they would, I was like, no, they're all dressed like the Manchester era, which had come like, I mean, I guess before, only like four years earlier, but yeah. it was like a fucking huge difference. So they were they were wearing all the stuff that, you know, the Mondays in Stone Roses wore in 1989, 1990. Like yeah. the bucket hats and the baggy jeans and the kickers and all of that, but it was supposed to be ninety. It's supposed to be Euro ninety six. Mm. That's not what fucking that was all in. The, and so I thought these are some fucking kids who probably weren't even born and made this fucking ridiculous advert. And it's an insult to mm. Euro ninety six, the greatest <laughs> cultural memory. moment in British history. Right? Yeah, I was fuming about it. But I'll say this, people parody the 80s a lot and they do it and there's so many cliches about big hair and and um, shoulder pads and all the rest of it. Mm. But I would say if you look at the video for I Knew Him So Well by Elaine Page and Barbara Dickinson, that was made in 1985 and they basically conform to every stereotype you can think of about the 80s. Big hair, shoulder pads. 
All the hair, treasure suits. the jewellery, the makeup, the <laughs> yeah. gear, even their yeah. moves. There's there's few things more 80s than that video. Yeah. I mean, like I say, I hated the song at the time because it was a kissing song, which we yeah. talked about in the past. And uh, I thought, why am I buying all of these horrible records that I don't like for this collection I've decided <laughs> to do? Stop it. So that was when the collection ended. But um, I would definitely buy it now. It's a brilliant song. Um, what else? A couple more. London Calling by The Clash. Classic. Yeah. Um, did You're you ever really feel as though it was fan, a London anthem as a Londoner growing up? Did you yeah, feel but it's it? not, not nearly my, one of my favourite Clash singles, though. Um, it's probably their most overplayed single. Yeah. Um, but I quite like it. the jeans adverts came along in the early 90s. Yeah. And should I stay? You know, should I, I live go by go? the river. I sometimes think of that because I yeah. do literally live by the river, by... Old Mother Thames, the the uh, UK's hardest, hardest river. river, arguably. Yeah, <laughs> I'll point out Queen at this point, number thirty-two, down six places. Crazy little thing called Love. I'll say uh, this: uh, it's a Queen, it's a Queen song uh, that I really uh, like. Yeah, it's a Queen song that I really like. I think you like it because the the thing about their music is it's pompous and overblown when they do yeah. their big rock numbers. But this is almost the opposite of that, isn't it? It's just like a, ro- a rock and roll kind of strutting sort of song, yeah. isn't it? I, I would say that I really like Innuendo by Queen, which was a really pompous, overblown single they did. Might have been the last album they brought out, or the second from last album. Right. And it's... Um, I've got no problem with pretentious and pompous and overblown, um, as we've mentioned with you know Donna Summer and uh, Barbara Streisand. But, oh yeah, uh, but yeah, but that's not. It's when it's rock music that it can get yeah. a little bit. But I do like Innuendo by Queen. I think that's good. Queen mm. on the whole, no. Um, anything else there before we wrap this up? Anything else that jumps out? Well, at, at number you from forty, I'm in the mood for dancing by the Nolans. That's that, very yeah. reminiscent uh, of the time. Creeping into the top forty. And about to dominate things. Yeah. In the uh, when you're in love with a beautiful woman at number 31 by uh, Dr. Hook. Dr. Hook. Very, yeah. again, like, you know, I would have been four at this stage, but some of these songs are really, really, they kind of spark off memories. And those are two of them that I really remember even from being a tiny kid. Um, uh, then you've got. Um, there was another one I spotted a second it's, ago. It's a chart that's absolutely full of classic songs that have stood the test of time, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely Rock full of Rebel by Matchbox is a song yeah. I only know because, as I've mentioned before, my brother Dom was a psychobilly in the mid-'80s. Yes. But years later, um, when I revealed to my mates at football that he had been a psychobilly, that quickly, just for the bants got warped into him having been a rockabilly, which was a massive Achilles heel. My, my brother Dom can get triggered. His temper can get triggered really easily, like easier right. than almost anyone I know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's always quite specific things. And one of them is, even though this all went down like decades ago, if you accidentally on purpose go, oh yeah, because that was during your rockabilly phase, wasn't it? <sighs> He'll go, fucking it, I'm a rockabilly, not a rockabilly. And um, basically... The lads at football cottoned on to this so much that what they all started doing was a bad sort of Elvis dance and singing Rockabilly Rebel at him. <laughs> oh, Rockabilly Rebel. <laughs> and it, he goes mad like his head's going to fucking burst, start smashing things and everything. And, of course, my favourite thing about 
Matchbox and the rockabilly look in general were the shoes, which were called brothel creepers. Brothel creepers, yeah. <laughs> They're such shoes that I now regard as obviously absurd, but when you're a kid, a very young kid, you think that they are the ultimate oh, cool man. shoes. Oh, you sort of think, Sam, one day the- I will own a pair of brothel creepers and then I will truly be like Fonz. Oh, fuck, Sam, they're still available on ASOS. Lace up, of course they cre- are. You still lace see up them. creeper in black suede, 30 quid. Oh, they've got me size as well. Shall I get some brothel creepers, Sam? No, don't, mate. Okay, sorry. Don't. It'll scare your kids. Yeah, but I, I could wear them for the gig on Tuesday night in Dad, Sunderland. what are you wearing? You're scaring <laughs> us, man. I could, have, I could have a pair of brothel, brothel creepers on. Well, Tuesday I know night, you're a fan of Danny Baker, breaks. and he wears nothing other than brothel oh, creepers, God, as course, I understand yeah. it. Yeah. So he's obviously got a brothel creeper source. Oh, there's a video as well. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get them. <laughs> are they black or are they colourful ones yeah. yeah okay do it why don't you get a fucking bootlace tie while you're at it I might just do that oh there's 15% no. off if you open a new account with ASOS as well I've got painful memories because of course the last time I dressed up as a rockabilly rebel mm-hmm. was the night when I was going to a 50s themed charity party um, age 12 <laughs> and my mates mum and dad came to pick us up and my and the dad drunkenly fell asleep on my shoulder in the back seat of the right. car. That's right, yeah. And and now I could never... And I was wearing a bootlace tie. I don't think I had brothel creepers, but I was wearing a bootlace tie, a, a Teddy Boy-style Edwardian coat, and I had about two fucking tubs of Brill Cream in my hair. And I could never think of any of those things again. I can't even whiff Brill Cream without thinking of the painful memories of having my... My mate's dad asleep on my shoulder snoring. It's an incredible image. Yeah. <laughs> Little Elvis. Little Elvis with a, a drunk dad asleep a on his shoulder. Drunk dad asleep on his shoulder. And everyone oh, sort of man. pretending it wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. So, yeah, I'm going to get Brussels creeping up. It's happening. Right. Um, right. Or maybe I'll surprise you with my footwear. Good. You should. <laughs> uh, We'll leave it there. I think we've rung that chart dry now. Yeah, it's a good chart, but we're done. It was a very good chart. And next, we're going to do a little deviation from what we normally do. It won't be a chart. It'll be a music piece of television. It'll be the 1984 Christmas Top of the Pops. And we'll be putting those episodes out over the Christmas period for your delight and delectation. So there we go. Look forward to that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.